0: Now for our reading for what we will hear from the Word of God, read Ephesians five, eighteen through thirty-three. Ephesians five eighteen through thirty-three. Hear God's word. <clears throat> and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, subject... but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the Church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the Church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself. And the wife see that she reverence her husband. Shall we pray? O Father in heaven, send down your Holy Spirit in abundance to multiply your word in our hearts and minds to your glory as we are brought to see wondrous things out of your word, even of yourself, our Lord and Savior, in whose name we pray. Amen. The Church as the Bride of Christ. The lesson today focuses on redemption of the Church of Christ, which is really the lesson, the overall lesson behind the whole book of Ephesians. In Ephesians 1 6, for example, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. That's the Father. And the Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. The Holy Spirit. Verse 13. In whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth. The gospel of your salvation. In whom also after that you believed you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. We have salvation in this book such as in our passage in Ephesians 5, where it says, and he is the savior of the body. Justification and sanctification, verse 26, that he might sanctify and cleanse it by the washing water by the word. And then finally, glorification, verse 27, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish before him. According to the Apostle Paul, the earthly marriage is a great mystery, verse 32. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. And by the way, we'll talk more about that earthly marriage the next time. But if that be so, if the earthly marriage is glorious and mysterious, a great mystery... What more the heavenly marriage of Christ and his church? The church is Jesus' bride. You've heard that before. Can I prove it? Can I prove it from the scriptures? Yes, I contend that Jesus loves his church. Now, it says that there, of course. The Bible says it. However, more importantly, Jesus Did so, that is, did love his sinful bride by giving his life for her. In verse 25, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, there you are. The Apostle Paul said of himself individually as part of that body, Christ who loved me and gave himself for me. In the past, many marry an uncomely bride for a sizable dowry. You know what a dowry is, right? It's money that is given by the father of the bride to the one who is to marry her. The truth is the uncomely brides are harder to marry off. And so the dowry becomes more sizable, as it were. The bride of Christ is the most uncomely, uncomely bride of all. And yet Jesus married her. Jesus married us, who are his bride. What did he get as a dowry? What could we pay him that he didn't already have? Nothing. Instead, he pays us, as it were, by paying for us, by giving His life in our behalf. He sacrifices life to make us his own bride. It says in the Bible that he loved us when we were in the pit of corruption. Imagine that. It says in Isaiah 38 Behold, for peace I had great bitterness. This is King Hezekiah, who was crying out to the Lord, rejoicing in God his Savior. But thou hast in love to my soul delivered it from the pit of corruption. See, that's why he's rejoicing in God his Savior. For thou hast cast all my sins behind thy back. He looked down into that pit and found you and me. It says in one of the psalm songs that I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he sang last Thursday. He took me from a fearful pit, from out of the miry clay, He set my feet upon a rock and established my going. What more can you want than that? There is nothing to commend His love toward us, none whatsoever. Yet the Bible says that God commended His love toward us and that while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. Oh, see the free love of Jesus. When we were yet without strength, without strength to save ourselves, without strength to ascend to heaven by ourselves. In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. He did not love the pain and anguish and suffering that all this entailed any more than you and I love pain. And yet he was willing to endure all of that for you and me. It says he held us back to, this, to the smiters. It says his visage, his face, was so marred above any man. One may bear up under such sorrow and suffering and affliction, but not for any fault of his own. If only we could know how he hated the very sins that he took from us and placed upon himself and bore upon his body and soul. Yet he did. When we were enemies, the Bible says, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. We were in darkness. We were were actually darkness itself, it says in Ephesians 5. Verse 8, for you were sometimes darkness. See, at one time you were darkness. That's how God looks at us. We are not just in darkness. We were darkness. But now you're light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. We were living in darkness. 418, back earlier in the previous chapter, having the understanding darkened being alienated alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. That was us. Not just them, but that was us. Walking in darkness, the Bible says in Psalm 82, they know not neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I see a, a picture of our world. It hasn't changed. If anything, it's only gotten worse. And we would still be walking on in that path were it not for our King Jesus who has, who has brought us into the kingdom, into his kingdom of light. We were loving darkness, he said, and this is the condemnation, that light has come into the world. And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. There's none that understand it. There's none that seeketh after God. All we like sheep have gone astray and the Lord hath laid upon Jesus the iniquity of us all. And yet we have this modern gospel today. And I know this is kind of an aside, but it's very important because we are troubled by what is being represented as the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. A modern gospel that says, of my free will, I came to Jesus. By my free will, I accepted Jesus on my own terms. And with my free will, gave Jesus a chance. There's nothing of the kind in the Bible. Nothing of the sort. The Lord Jesus Christ declared the very opposite. For example, look at John 5.40. John 540. John 540. And you will not come to me that you might have life. That's us. That's our condition. That's our free will. Free will to sin. Free will to reject Christ. But never to receive him. Never to receive him, because that's of God. For as many as receive him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not uh, of the will of, of the flesh, not of the will of man, but of God. Look up also John six forty four. John, John six forty four. No man can come to me. There you go. No man can come to me. It could stop there with a period and would be totally true. But it goes on. Except the Father which has sent me, draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. That's the truth. Is that I will never come to Jesus. I will never ever come to Jesus unless Jesus first came to me. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which is lost. This is why the Father sent His Son into the world. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Imagine you and I Friends of God. Imagine, he made you and me to be part of his Holy Bride. I think, Holy Bride? I'm anything but holy. He cares for you and me. As his own children, as his own son, Jesus Christ. He nourishes and cherishes you and me. As a father and a mother would or should their children. And that because he loves you and me who are in his son. And why us? Why anyone? When you think about this, and that is why the expression back in our passage in Ephesians 5 32, this is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. There's a hymn we haven't sung in eon's. And can it be that I should gain an interest in the Savior's blood? Died he for me who caused his pain, for me who him to death pursued? Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, should die for me? Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, should die for me? We come to another question, though. What is your response to Christ giving himself and mine? And the answer from our passage, give yourself to him in loving submission and service in his church. That's what he asks for. And when you think about it, it's not very much, is it? When you think about it, there's so much more that we could do And yet, if we have that heart, if we have that understanding of God's way, and most of all, his grace, we will be able to do according to his word because he doesn't give us anything that he doesn't give grace with for us to to do in his name. In Ephesians 5.24, therefore as the church is subject to Christ. So let us be to one another submit to those who are over us in the lord for example in hebrews 13:17 that's a good start hebrews 13:17 obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls as they that must give account that they may do so with joy and not with grief for that is unprofitable for you. And to each other in the Lord. In Ephesians 5, our passage, let us turn back to it. Verses 18 through 21. And be not drunk with wine, where it is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. There you go. So we submit to those in the Lord that are over us and to each other in the Lord. And serve the Lord by serving one another in love as one day he will present us to the Father, according to verse 27 of our passage, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. The church is Jesus' bride. My last question to you is, are you a member of it? If you have believed upon the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says that you are to confess him before men. And the first place that we do that is in the church and become members of his body, even as he is our head. And so, are you a member of it? If not, why not? And if you are, rejoice and be exceeding glad. Shall we pray? Oh, Heavenly Father, how we thank you for this time to reflect upon this thought about how you came to take a bride, how you came to lead a wife. And that wife, that bride, is none other than your church, and that is your people. Your people here, and your people in other Churches of like precious faith throughout the world. Throughout all the, just about all the nations of the world by by this time. And Lord, how thankful we are. How thankful we are for this honor. For this privilege. For this blessing. We cannot exchange that for anything. There's nothing that compares. There's nothing, not even our own and nearest and dearest can compare to our spiritual family, our church family, the household of faith, and how blessed we are if our own individual households are believers. Truly, Lord, what a blessing to be related to each other by flesh and moreover in the Spirit. Thank you, O Lord, for what you have Done. Thank you, Lord, for what you are doing. You're not yet done. We're not there yet. Help us, Lord, to do all that is in our power, all that is in the might of the Holy Spirit to this end, that we may glorify you, our head and our Father in heaven. In Jesus' name.